0: it's time again for three point podcast three sports guys, three generations and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to three point at gmail.com. Follow three point podcast on social media at three point pod. The fellows will get rolling right after this from More partners.
1: Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is a mortgage and land contract services company that is focused on your success. The home financing team has over 25 years' experience and origination of all types of loans. Led by Jim Woodworth, Success Group Mortgage provides one-on-one service with a personal touch. You're not lost in the crowd like working with a mega-sized bank. Every transaction is given complete attention from the very beginning to the very end. Located in downtown Owasso, call today for an appointment at 989 720 Four three eight zero or find more info on the web at successgroupmortgage.com.
0: Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Siawassee and M21 in Corona. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500 square foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan.
1: It's time for Three Point Podcast, episode 171. I'm Ted Patel of Z925 with ESPN's Matt Burns on the phone tonight and Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit right here in the studio. Our starting lineup includes Advanced Elevator, the Corona Connection, Hankered Sportswear, JJ's Excavating and Tree Services, Rivals Tap House and Grill right there. Jared, I know you got a big. Big outing at Rivals coming up, don't you?
2: Yeah, my girlfriend, was she's turning 21 uh, on Saturday, actually, June 12th. And for the longest time, she wasn't sure where to go, where to go. I was the one, hey, let's go to Rivals, rent out the outdoor patio. It's awesome. Speakers out there, fire pits, everything. So... Saturday nights going down.
1: Great idea. If I'm around, I might crash that party. Also, want to thank the folks. Uh, Not
2: sure if you were invited, but. I
1: I, I said I'd crash it. (laughs) I guess that's true. (laughs) You've never crashed anything, have you? Have you, I feel
2: like Uncle
1: Ted's got to crash it now. (laughs) Yeah. The challenge is on. (laughs) He'll crash it for
2: about 45 minutes. Come, get his meal, have have like maybe half a beer, and then head out. Yeah,
1: have my bedtime. Yeah. (laughs) I I also want to thank our sponsors, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Owasso Speedway. I I understand that they're very happy with with the uh, koozies that we hooked them up with. And uh, you can check out what they look like on our social media. Also, Sheridan auction service. Troy Crow. we want to say uh, best wishes to him and his sister. His sister's going through some health issues, so uh, we want to wish her the best of luck. And also thanks to Success Group Mortgage and Servicing and also Z92.5, the castle, our recording home. Well, guys, uh, uh, as we always do, our first little segment is playing catch-up. And, Jared, I know you and I have been waiting anxiously to get the report on Matt's golf outing up North Michigan. You're Mike, Matt.
3: <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm back in town, and if anyone follows us on, back in town as far as, like, my town back down in Charlotte, and uh, if anyone follows us on social media, they would have seen the infamous my baseball swing, my excuse of my golf swing, my baseball swing. We tweeted it out. We posted it on Instagram and stuff. So if you haven't seen it, Head over there. I'd love to hear any critiques anyone has. I'm curious to hear your guys' critiques in a few minutes because, you know, I I have a couple friends, two of the guys that I played with this this past weekend up at Boyne, up north Michigan. I think Boyne is fair to say that's up north Michigan. Would you guys agree?
1: 100%.
3: Yep. 100%. Just side note real quick, beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful weather. Low 90s. We got drizzled down a little bit. um, But otherwise, it was just, like, hot. Sunny, beautiful, just perfect weather the whole weekend. But uh, two of my friends that I was playing with, it was a group of four of us, one of the guys is kind of my level. Uh, One of the guys is, like, pretty good but plays a ton of golf. So he was kind of giving me a few pointers here and there. But, you know, when you're playing with your buddies and the beverages are flowing, you know, some of those pointers go, like, in one ear, out the other. But uh, the, the fourth guy, John Strine, who we talked about a lot last week when we were talking about the golf etiquette thing, he wrote that long novel on our Facebook page, ton of great points, but he was one of the guys with us and he's a, he's a two handicap, uh, really good golfer. The second day he played uh, the Alpine minus one.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
3: mean like re- really good golfer. I mean, he's just anyone who remembers him from, from Corona, hell of an all around athlete. Great at basically everything he does. One of those guys. So when he tries to give me a few pointers and he's not one of those dudes, Jared and Ted, you know, these kind of guys, he's not one to go out of his way to give tips. Because, you know, most people, when you're you're golfing, you're frustrated, you don't want a ton of people just, like, you got to do this with your grip. You got to do this with your stance. You got to do this and this. Hate it. It's like, dude, shut up. Just let me play. People do it to you a lot. He stays back. Yeah, he, he stays back. And, you know, I can see when he's watching me swing, I can see he's just thinking, like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, so, you know, a couple times I did ask, you know, like, yeah, anything like quick tips. Like, I'm not about to go, like, fix my swing. But, you know, like a quick tip. So he did give me a few pointers. Um, you know, otherwise – I I play the game to have fun, especially when I'm on a weekend like that with my buddies. You know, yes, I'm competitive. I want to play well. I I don't like hitting the ball all over the place. But, you know, I'm up there to have fun. The first day we played at Hawke's Eye. It's one of the Shanty Creek Resort golf courses. Super nice. Ton of woods. Narrow fairways. I went through about 15 balls because I was living in the woods and a ton, of, a ton of sand on this course. Uh, my buddies ended up calling them the Burns Box. <laughs> every, every time there was sand, I was in it. Ended up just using my three-wood off the sand almost every time. Three wood. Uh, but anyway, like an incredible course. I would recommend, Jared, go up there with your buddy yep. um, and, and play Hawkeye. Uh, the second day, one of the Boeing courses, we played the Alpine. So, Boyne Mountain, they have a ton of courses up there. The one that we played is the Alpine, a little more challenging. The elevation was crazy, like it was just up and down cuz you're basically in the ski resort. So, I mean, you're the elevation was kind of crazy, but super nice. Um didn't really keep score that time. I was just having a good time. So, yeah, there's there's the kind of cliff notes Uh all around great weekend up north golf in Michigan is just incredible. So, all it's
2: cracked up to be. Good time. Here though so two things. One, just on like the people trying to give you tips. I'm kind of one of those person people that I'm either getting, a, like, I'm kind of right in between. I'm either giving people tips or people are giving me tips. And it's funny, whenever I try to give people, like, tips, it's like, you think, like, oh, I'm just going like, to magically fix this guy's swing with by, just by doing this. Like, he's about to bomb this next shot. It never is, like, a good shot after you get the tip. It's always a terrible shot that makes you go, that didn't work at all. I'm never doing it again. Uh, with your swing, kind of seemed like a simple fix, though. I mean, you were aimed like 400 feet to the left. Like, why, maybe you could have just like turned your club like a, a little bit over, so it, you weren't hitting it like with your club face wide open, facing uh, toward the right, and it wasn't slice like that. I mean, I don't know. It could have been a simple switch. I think.
1: Yeah, but I will say this from seeing that swing. Now, I don't know. I don't know if that you picked one of your better swings of the rounds, but uh, it really <laughs> wasn't that bad of a hit. Yeah, you were aiming to the left, and you played the slice nicely. It was a it was a good stroke. I thought. Yeah, and
3: that's the thing. Like, I, I play that excuse, and, and if you guys watch me the whole time, I'm just – I slice the hell out of the ball. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, so my buddy John that I talked about, he said the same thing multiple times. He's like, your swing isn't that bad. you got a couple things. And the one thing is, at, at one point, I would have to actually, like, take it seriously and be like, all right, yeah. go to the range. Or, or, like, go get a legit lesson. And be like, all right, I'm going to actually try and fix this. That's part of the thing. It's not that I don't care. I am out there just to have a good time. I'm not trying to become a scratch golfer. Maybe at some point if I get older and, you know, I I start taking the game seriously, that's a thing. But, but, right, he would say, he's like, you got some things that if you really worked on it, you, you'd be an okay golfer. But, you know, when when he's one of my best friends, I mean, he officiated my wedding. So, like, he, I will listen to his tips. But when he's also shooting one under par and he's a two handicapped, I'll, I'll take his tips and i'll I'll try and yeah. try and
1: listen to him well, I would say you know Matt, just just personally looking at your game there on the one swing and and knowing that you're an athlete and you're still relatively young at what mid thirties, of course, you got a young kid at home, but if you wanted to be out there and you said you like to go out and have fun, if you wanted to golf more, my suggestion for what it's worth, it probably would be worthwhile to to get a lesson or two here. Here's a million dollar
2: idea. So let's just your daughter. So maybe you take her to the golf course. Maybe she loves it. I mean, of all the sports that she could participate in, the one that if she like really put the work in, like probably has the most likely of getting a scholarship from, would be a weird sport like golf. An just a thought. Yeah. You have fun. You improve your game. She, maybe she gets you a scholarship down the road,
1: and then you get a good excuse to tell your wife, "Yeah, I'm taking the taking the daughter out golfing." <laughs> oh, maybe your wife might, oh, you might get... want to go along too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, she would. My, my wife would definitely rather just loop. She'd probably just rather caddy and, yeah. and drink a few White Claws or something with us on the course. <laughs> but I, it's funny you guys say that because I, I told my wife that. I was like, you know, if I ever started taking this game seriously, my excuse would be I'm going to take Claire and try and, like, play with her, get her a college scholarship, and that's my excuse to get on the course. So it's funny you guys say that. I, I was literally just talking about that with my wife. But one of the big topics that we've talked about, and, Jared, you've talked about it a number of times is how much you've been playing the last two years and the insane backups you've had. You, yeah. you tweeted out a picture, I think, from this past weekend where you had, like, four groups in front of you on the tee box. Yeah, and insane. the big thing, and, you know, I went into the weekend thinking about that. You guys, you know, we talked about it last week when I was going up there golfing. And I honestly, I think one time thought about, like, man, I wonder if we're about to be backed up. Otherwise, I don't know if, you know, they just had the tee time spaced out or – it was fairly busy. I mean, there were, the parking lots were full. There were a lot of people golfing. But I, I told you guys before we started recording, honestly, two or three times the whole weekend did we get to a tee box and have to, like, you know, stand and wait for a few minutes. Otherwise, it was smooth sailing, nice, easy round, playing with my buddies. So, didn't deal with the backups that you've been dealing with, Jared.
2: That's incredible because it's something that we were talking about this before the show. I took it for granted, the, like, uh, like, three years ago when this wasn't a problem. Uh, and just the idea that you got to play, like, really nice courses and you didn't have to wait at all and you were in a foursome, like, it just sounds like a perfect uh, golf weekend. But how's does it uh, feel to be back, back to work? I mean,
3: yeah, it feels good to be back. <laughs> it's always one of those things, I mean, you you haven't lived – I mean, well, you went to Arizona and you started getting that kind of the taste
0: mm-hmm. of,
3: like, the travel and stuff like that. And now I, I kind of have, like, the opposite sometimes. Like, when I go back to Michigan, especially somewhere up by Boyne, I started really being like, uh, maybe maybe we're getting close to time to move him back to Michigan because it's pretty incredible up yeah. here. You know, the lakes, the golf, hanging out with you know, like my friends who still live in Michigan and stuff. So, so yeah, of, kind of get that itch. But it, it's, I, I will say, like, I, I, it was a ton of fun. You know, we were having drinks, and, you know, and we played competitively just to tie it off. So, I, John, again, is really good. So, we played a game, basically like a shamble. It was like a made-up scramble, but it was the three Shambles. of us versus him <laughs> we all played our own balls we all played our own balls or whatever but then we took our best score yeah. on that hole and put it up against him and we basically he gave us a stroke every hole and oh he my still gosh beat but otherwise <laughs> great time no backups <laughs> so i wasn't dealing with waiting on the course five six hour rounds nothing like that so northern michigan golf he can't beat it
1: well before we wrap up the golf uh, portion here any theories? Why is it? Because uh, really, the golf courses up north Michigan, they do cater to uh, a lot bigger clientele than I think down yeah, here in this area. So they're making sure that when you spend your money to go up there to one of those resorts, you're getting a good time. You're going to want to come yeah. back. You're going to want to tell your friends, hey, take a week off in Michigan and go golf these courses. And and you're probably right, Matt, without investigating. And I bet they had longer tee times, too.
3: Yeah, we. I mean, we didn't dig into that, like, how, how far spaced out. <laughs> is there, like, Jared, is there, like, uh, I, I don't remember from when I did play a lot, is there, like, an unwritten rule on how long in between tee times they're supposed to be or something? Cause, so yeah, we didn't
2: look into that. It's normal, like, it's kind of crazy, but normally the courses I've been playing, it's, like, eight minutes. It's anywhere from eight minutes to 12 minutes to if there's not enough people on the course, like, as long as it would be uh, between the tee times or whatever. Yeah, just I'll circle back to this, just one last because it, it, we kind of glossed over it. But, yeah, I literally played golf this weekend. There was four people on four different groups on one T box. I, I just I can't like you can't fathom how much of a weight that would have been I been on that T box for an hour. If I didn't pull another another move and I left yet again, I did it again. The whole group, the whole group, We said I'm telling you. When you're playing bad, the course is hard as hell. It's just the last thing you want to do is sit there on with, like, three holes left. You really don't care what you shoot because you played so bad. You're just going to call it a day, and that's yeah, what we did.
1: Yeah, that's fair, I guess, but it's still disappointing, you know, yeah. you want to go out there and have a good time with your buddies. You want to hit the ball good, and it's just not fun, and then you got eight eight carts in front of you. It's yeah. just crazy.
3: Real quick, the, the last thing I did, I did not mean to throw this out there, talking about, like, how – i didn't have to deal with the backup what made it even more insane the first day so at hawk's eye uh the starter told us before we were about to tee off he said about four holes in front of you you have a 36 person bachelor party oh 36 first of all we were like on a hole oh my like well no i mean it was a group so they're obviously spaced out
1: all right we
3: were like we're like, one, like, I don't know, you know, at, at some point in your life, you got a bunch of high school buddies or college buddies. And I was like, how can you get 36 buddies to come up here for a bachelor party? That's a that's a hell of a crew. It's an army. It's just, like a just fundraiser. Kind of tie, I, we were like, oh, if we've got a 36-person bachelor party in front of us, we're definitely waiting. I don't know if they were just really good or if they weren't really partying or something, but we didn't have to deal with the wait. So, so that, I that don't was kind of crazy.
2: But. I don't even know how that's possible. I, I really don't. 36 people, I don't. It wouldn't. It couldn't have been fun. I don't know. It couldn't have been fun.
1: Well, they must have had it well. Right. The the best man must have had it well organized. You know? Yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> Just a quick recap of my weekend, uh, Jared. You know, I have a I have a pontoon boat and yep. going through a few mechanical issues oh. at the moment. Uh, Is that like uh, every year with a boat? Not every year, but I have I had to replace. I was having a problem. It was overheating on me. And so I did some Google research and figured out that it's probably the water pump, you know. I don't know if you know what an impeller is, but uh, I changed out the water pump. It took about three and a half hours, and uh, I had Charlie helping me, my yep. good buddy. And so we, we got it put back together, got it back in the water, started it up. Hey, it ran good, took it back to the dock. And then uh, Charlie had brought his granddaughter, a four-year-old granddaughter, over. And so my wife was watching her. So I'm bringing the boat back in, and my wife comes down to help me dock the boat, and she's got the 4-year-old with her. Well, Lana's kind of – she's panicking a little bit because she's keeping an eye on the kid, doesn't want her to fall in the drink, yep. and I'm bringing the boat in, and sometimes it's a little tough to get it right next to the dock. So I get it up close, and I said – and she always guides me in, but this time she's preoccupied with the 4-year-old. So I, I get up close, and I finally say, Lana, where are we? Are we close?
0: Yeah, you're going to hit it.
1: So I hit the dock, the end of the dock. Okay, and then she grabbed the end of the boat. While that was going on, she's kind of looking at the four-year-old. I put the boat in reverse, and guess who went swimming? Oh, <laughs> The wife went in to the drink. Uh, oh, no. Lost her glasses, lost her shoes, and her iPhone got drowned. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah. So uh, the good part of the story, she's okay. She was banged up a little bit on the ribs, but I got her out of the water. Jeez. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I did get one, her. She had lost one shoe. I got the shoe out. I grabbed her sunglasses. I still was able to grab those, but her prescription glasses were down lost. So <laughs> you finally, <couldn't> find them? <laughs> no. Got the boat parked. Went in, got my trunks on. Went out. Went diving for it walking around couldn't find them. so her her iphone was dead her glasses were gone and it was off to a terrible weekend that was saturday sunday i said i'm going back in looking for them. believe it or not i found him oh wow found All the right. glasses and she had a backup phone so we had a one day disaster and she's feeling better so so were you in like scuba gear looking for this like <laughs> stuff or no. what, what was the tech, what was the strategy uh the the strategy was well i had i had goggles I had goggles, but it's really murky down by my. Oh, so really the strategy was walk really slow and shuffle one foot in front of the other and try to feel it down in the sand and the muck. And like I said, Sunday I was finally, I I finally searched a good area and I was so tickled when I was able to find them. So that saved you know a couple hundred bucks. So. But that the
2: phone, was, uh, that didn't, you lost some hundred, a couple hundred. Uh, bucks the of phone
1: is worse, yes. Yeah. So, uh, at least she had, like, uh, the previous, I think, she had a 6S that was still in good shape that we were able to put the, uh, what do they call it, the little card. Oh, wow. If anything,
2: it should have been you that, that got downgraded to the cruddier phone. That's <laughs> almost not fair. That's not going to happen.
1: <laughs>
3: no, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than losing. I mean, you know, if you have an expensive pair of sunglasses, obviously, that that's no good. But prescription glasses, that's yes. just. You don't want to lose those. But, I mean, the the price. But if you don't have a backup pair of glasses or contacts or something like that, that can be a, a hassle to deal with.
1: Oh, especially on us. This was Saturday, or no? This was a this was Friday. So it is, by the time it, it, we, by the time we got back in the house, you know, the the eye doctor was closed for the weekend, and she's pretty blind. So <laughs> she had to kind of suffer through the weekend until I found them on Sunday. Nice. So so that was that was my big experience. How about you, Jared? Uh,
2: I'll throw this out really quick. So, this morning, actually, I went to a jiu-jitsu practice. Uh, did I participate? No, but I did watch my brother. So, this is, is he's a big into jiu-jitsu. Uh, he's got his blue belt, which takes like two years of basically going like at least three to five times a week uh, for an hour a time. Uh, basically, for those who don't know what jiu-jitsu is, it's basically, if you watch UFC, whatever they're doing on the mat or in the octagon, like on the ground, that's jiu-jitsu. 90% of the, that's like basically the best form of, I don't know, MMA, I guess. So I go there and it's the, it's it's this place called uh Great Lakes Jiu-Jitsu in Flint. And it's it's an old convert it was a church that got turned into a like into a dojo, I guess you call it where you basically go in there there's church pews all around like aimed at the center mat and the center mat is like elevated to I guess like where the like I don't know the the pastor would have been or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like a pretty cool little spot and 6:30 a.m. the sun's like shining through there. And I just, just before I even got to dive deeper into jiu jitsu, what do you guys have? What's your thoughts on it, just like originally? Anything? Do you know much about it?
1: Well, I know some of it because just I've seen some of your brother's videos, and, you know, I know Josh is strong as an ox, and I watched him in competition. I'll tell you what, I was going to ask him this question one time. He was a very good basketball player. I'm kind of rambling a little bit. Very good (laughs) basketball player, but I was going to ask him if he ever considered, if he ever had any regrets that he didn't wrestle because, you know, he's he's very good at it. But yeah, I know what it is. How about you, Matt?
3: Yeah, when so jujitsu obviously it's been around forever, but you know, I was going like high school and then college is when UFC really started getting popular, like the early days of UFC. So then like Jared said, like a lot of the guys who fight UFC um fight jujitsu. So like it started to become like cool when yeah. when I was in college. Like if you instead of like just going and lifting, you'd go join a gym and start training jujitsu. So I definitely remember when that really started, like, picking up steam to the point now where, like, nowadays I've seen people say, like, you know, you should never get – I'm not advocating getting in bar fights or getting in random fights. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, even more so nowadays, you should not do this stuff because you don't know who might be, like, professionally trained. I mean, your brother – I've seen the videos, too. He's he's in very good shape. So, you know, you would look at him and say, like, okay, you might do something. But there might be some dude that you see – and they don't look that athletic or in shape, but they've been training jiu-jitsu, like, for years or something like that. Next thing you know, you're in, like, a a pretzel on the ground getting elbowed in the face or something. So, no, his videos, he looks looks like he's very skilled at it. Yeah,
2: so it's crazy because, like, somebody could have minimal training, and if you're equal ability, like, let's say this person went to a month of, like, hard jiu-jitsu training, you... They could basically, like, do whatever they want to you. It's kind of crazy. Like, they can just put you in a prison of, like, just laying on you and making it so you can't move. Uh, but I went to it, and I was just, like, I was kind of blown away. I thought the atmosphere was pretty cool. You know, like, really welcoming. And what's crazy is just how much jujitsu has exploded. It actually didn't – it came into, like, the United States, like, 1993. It's kind of like the day I saw Uh, but if like, this was like a, you know, a graph, like the chart for like the jujitsu growth, it's like going straight up. It's sort of like CrossFit where these dojos are like, or gyms, I I don't know which one. I think it's a dojo. I think it is a dojo. They're popping up all over the place and it's like kind of just like the new wave. And so I was just, I felt like it was my duty to sort of bring it to you guys. I mean, just some of the celebrities that are doing it, Demi Lovato, Vince Vaughn, Anthony Bourdain did do it, was big time into it. Uh, Joe Rogan, everybody knows him. But it's just it's really interesting, and it was something that kind of made me like think, "Hey, I, this might be something I want to do someday."
1: Well, I, I, I was going to comment on that. That that would be something for you to get into Did they Try to get you to work out there on uh, six thirty in the morning. I'm now, glad they
2: didn't. I was I was actually prepping for the podcast at six thirty <laughs> in the morning while I was there. But it it's just one of those things where I think it's really gonna like in ten twenty years. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a high school sport. I think I I could see that happening one hundred percent. Wow.
1: Well, you must have missed your brother to get up at six thirty in the morning to go watch <laughs> yeah. him. Uh, you know, th- that's quite an event for sure. And it, there was an event last weekend, wasn't there?
2: Oh, there was a big event that I, I'm not gonna lie. Kind of been blowing up for the last uh, you know month or so, kind of right. getting ready for it. But. Well,
1: let's talk about that next. Coming up here on the pod right after this. Advanced Elevator Company are experts in the elevator business. They have the very best trained professional field technicians in project management for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan. The Janka family, longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. JJ's Excavating and Tree Service can help you with many homeowner items, including skid steer work, footings, gravel work, and property maintenance. JJ's Excavating and Tree Service, they're also experts in tree removals, including stump grinding. Fully insured and no job too big or too small. Call Kyle Jones of JJ's Excavating and Tree Service at 989-277-9059 to set up a free estimate and tell him Three Point Podcast sent you. The Hankard Sportswear team pride themselves by giving a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many loyal customers. They do it by providing a 100% guarantee to satisfy your expectations. Hankard Sportswear always have Owasso, Corona, and St. Paul School Spirit items in stock. Also, special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events. Call them at 989-725-2979, stop on into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hanker.sportswear. All
2: right, so let me just be the first one to say this. Uh, If if you guys watch the fight or a lot of people are saying, like, oh, like, Logan Paul, what a joke. What a joke. Like, Floyd Mayweather was toying with him the whole time. I don't care who you are. This guy was literally making YouTube videos two years ago. And and two years later, he went the uh, eight rounds without getting knocked out with arguably the best boxer of all time. I don't care what the weight difference is, this or that. Floyd Mayweather's never really even been touched in like a professional boxing match. This guy went in with him and didn't get knocked down. And for you know all the things they say about this guy, the fact that you just have to respect that. He just said, I want to do this. And he started as a little vine star and somehow, some way, you know a few years later, he's Fighting Floyd Mayweather. It's just pretty crazy. You have to respect it. And, you know, regardless, a lot of people kind of complained about it. It wasn't the greatest fight in the world.
1: I was gonna say, you call that a fight? What, so what I guess why did what was your problem with well, it? Well, first of all, seventy three total punches. <laughs> seventy three punches. That's a that's a fight. If Mayweather wanted to knock him out, you don't think he could have.
2: Why would Mayweather not want to knock him
1: out? That's why everyone because keeps saying Because he got a hundred million dollars for just an exhibition. Just so why dance. would he not just knock him out? But, I don't uh, I He's think, I think there was an, I think there was an agreement up front. I think. I, oh, like, did you see the one shot he gave him and held him up so he wouldn't go down? Did you see that? Did you watch the fight? Uh, first
2: yeah, I, I did see that shot. I don't know if that's what it looked like.
1: Now, listen, I'm not going to shortchange the fact that they made buku bucks. Okay, I think I think Paul got 10 million, and I think Mayweather got 100 million dollars. <laughs> he called it legal bank robbing. I mean, but to call it a fight, really, is it really what you want to call it? I don't think so.
3: As I, all the credit in the world, we've talked about it before, and I'm with you, Jared. All the credit in the world to Logan Paul for basically building this career. You yeah. can, people can rip on him all they want, but like I said, he was just in the ring with Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather making $10 million. Whether you want to call it a joke of a fight, which I'm kind of with Ted, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like, Mayweather's never really had, like, huge, like, Mike Tyson type knockout power, but he still is a legitimate, obviously, professional. Boxer, yeah. and you have to wonder if if he really wanted to like go out there and knock him out if he could have. But the weight difference, I mean, you look at Paul and the dude is jacked, and so like I really do wonder if Mayweather could have actually knocked him out. But if anything, to me, it's entertainment. And you know, I didn't buy the fight. There's no way I would have bought the fight. But I was watching clips every time they popped up on Twitter. And you know, I, the one thing I do wonder about, like, would Mayweather have knocked him out if he wanted to? Maybe he was actually also like playing it a little strategically, like Logan Paul does have some pretty strong punching yeah, power. True. Like maybe Mayweather was like, I don't want to like leave myself open or like try to knock him out. And then this dude just surprises me and knocks me down. And then I look like the complete clown, you know? So maybe yeah. like Mayweather might've been thinking about it that way. Like, you know what? Let me punch him a few times. Let me get some a few shots and not look like, not look like I'm getting beat. And you know, also myself, not get knocked out. I don't know. I kind of thought about that
1: too. I got a couple of questions or comments. Uh where would you rank this type of let's say exhibition, you know, they they called it boxing. Would you would you call it more like Matt said entertainment, would you call it sports entertainment like WWE wrestling? Or is it a cross in between of MMA and, and boxing? I mean, where would you classify it's, something I, like I call it, it's
2: just it's sports and entertainment. It's kind of like the perfect blend of both, really. Yeah. If the, you know who actually has it perfect is the golfing world, where they do the matches where it's one celebrity and one pro oh, on a team awesome. versus one celebrity and one pro. It's perfect. That's yeah. exactly the way it should be. Yeah. It's a little bit of like legitimate golf, also with kind of like some celebrities that you just want to see. The one thing I will throw out that's important to know is – Logan Paul is the worst of the two Paul brothers when it comes to boxing. This guy, he was had an 0-1 record coming <laughs> into this fight. Lost to another YouTuber or whatever a couple years ago. Jake Paul is the one that's undefeated. Jake Paul is the one that... Is more entertaining, in my opinion. He stole the show at the Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather like press conference. Where he grabbed the that. hat. Yeah, he stole
1: the show. Well, that, I, I was completely confused. See, you you're, thought that you're was... on top of that. I didn't. I didn't know the difference between <laughs> There's two the different.
2: two. Logan Paul's the older brother. Okay. Jake Paul's the younger one. Yeah. And Jake Paul is the one that actually, when you like, you watch some of Logan Paul's punches, it looked like something you would see in like bar stools, like rough and rowdy competition. Okay. That's what it looked like. But yeah. Jake Paul actually, like, people are like, "Man, this guy's got some skill." He's the one that's beat the former UFC guy, and he's about to fight Tyrone Woodley. So I'm not totally like out on the, the whole Paul boxing thing until he loses. Mm-hmm. Once he loses, okay, I'll admit like you know it was kind of a joke anyway. But as long as he keeps winning, that's the, like there's the, that's their prize horse. It's not Logan Paul.
1: Now I don't know what you guys thought, Jared. You were probably all over it, knew it was uh, Sunday night, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, first of all, that's a weird night to have a big event like that. Okay, <laughs> but second of all, you were on top of it because you you're, you're a big fan. But there wasn't to me a ton of promotion. I mean, what what do you guys think about that? Because for a guy like me, all of a sudden I'm looking on Twitter and I go, oh, that fight's tonight?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there wasn't, you know, like you think about when McGregor boxed Floyd Mayweather. I mean, you were seeing that everywhere, yeah. all over ESPN, all over whatever channel you watch. I, I think this is maybe one of those things that the major networks, not that they, like, weren't taking it seriously, but I don't think I saw, like, really much promotion of it on whether it was Fox sports or, you know, ESPN or anything like that. But once the fight was happening, they were all tweeting out clips mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, on, on Instagram or, you know, Twitter or whatever. So, you know, maybe it's one of those things like they're like pumping their brakes a little bit, kind of like what Jared was saying, like, let's, let's wait till these guys are having some more like legitimate fights before we like over hype it, uh, you know, I don't know, but, Like I said, if anything, these
1: dudes are smart because
3: they're making a ton of money. Yeah. If you want to look
1: at it that way, they're making a ton of money doing this. Got to give them 100% for that for sure. I mean, heck, if I could get in the ring for eight rounds and get $10 million, I'd do it right now. But help me with this question I have, too. I'm talking about the promotion, okay, and and they they had to divvy out, what, $110 million in purse money. Yeah. Was there that many? people that bought in on that and that's it was just strictly streaming wasn't it is it spot where would all that money come from
2: I, to be honest i think that about every single time i've ever watched a pay-per-view like when they release the numbers that it's this it's many millions it, it just seems it always like i'm like was there really that many people watching it yeah um but apparently there was i or well, i don't know if it was in their contract or something but the one part the one piece of promo that i saw leading up to the fight was by showtime which i'm pretty sure that's who they're under contract okay through. And it was like a 30-minute, really well-done, like sort of like mini-documentary, like going back and forth between the two guys. And that was really well-made. That kind of got me into the fight. Uh, But at the end of the day, I mean, we know it was kind of a joke. Uh, We all knew that heading into it, that it was basically, this is kind of how we saw it playing out, Floyd pretty much dominating. But I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not ashamed to say that. It was entertaining. Logan Paul, Jake Paul, they're good characters. Floyd Mayweather's a good character. I'd rather watch that every day of the week than – Two random, you know, lightweights in the the boxing heavyweight championship or the, the boxing championship that I nobody knows about, nobody cares about. Boxing needs to do a better job, like just building up their people. I don't know who any of these guys are.
1: Yeah, that's well, a big problem they have in in the real world of boxing. There's no question about it. I get what you're saying. Now. Did you pay it yourself? Did you have friends and parties? You always a ask bit? me that. Oh, so I'm just curious. I mean, what do? You, how do you think I got
2: it? I gotta tell you this. The I don't yeah, care if you paid for it or
1: not. <laughs> that's not what I meant. I mean, did you have p- friends over watching it with you? No, like
2: you said, it was weird that it was on the Sunday night. Uh-huh. I actually checked on Saturday. I was like getting ready for it. It's like, oh shoot, it's not even. It's like then I actually like, read the date, like June 7th or yeah. whatever. Like, oh, it's not even today. It's tomorrow. It's okay. it was weird. I don't know why okay. they did that, but very
1: interesting. You know,
3: kind of to kind of like to both of you guys' points. I was just as you guys were talking, I was thinking. I think there's a side to, like, probably, you know, we talk about, like, baseball, Major League Baseball peers. I don't know if there's necessarily, like, boxing peers. But the people that, you know, have been boxing or following boxing their whole life probably don't want anything to do with the Paul brothers. But, like, to be honest, they should probably welcome those dudes into the sport because if they actually, all they've been doing so far, okay, yeah, one of them did just fight Floyd Mayweather, but, you know, it was was kind of a joke. Otherwise, they've been fighting, like, UFC fighters and stuff like that for the most part. They should welcome them into the sport and put them up against some of the up-and-coming boxers in whatever weight class they're in. Because I think people would actually watch that, oh, other than what you're saying, Jared, two no-namers. Yeah. They, should, they should bring them
2: in. It, this is just a, a general question, maybe before we move on from boxing. In I guess I'll ask both of you. In both of your guys' lives, like, was there ever a time where you knew, like, everyone, like, all the champions of every division of like boxing, where that was kind of like general knowledge, like sports knowledge that people just kind of knew if you were a sports fan, or has it never been that big?
1: It, it's been big, but you no. I as much as I liked boxing, I did not know every weight division. Or just like I, there was a segment where I knew all I knew the heavyweight champions. Uh, you know when Hearns and Hagler and the middleweights there and Sugar Ray Leonard that was a good era that was that was in the 80s that's yeah. how long it's been you know <laughs> really when you think about it
3: yeah i think there's there's a window or you know unless you're like a junkie like you really are deep into boxing you know like the top two or three guys and maybe like the big weight classes but but, yeah, it's definitely not like the NFL where you're playing, like, fantasy boxing or something. Maybe some people do. I don't
1: know. Right. You know, and, and this, could, this could be part of a Tedertainment segment. We're going to have one at the end of the show. But uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Mike Tyson two-part documentary that was on ABC. I saw part one. What a fascinating life that guy had. And what a, what a must-see when it came to the world of boxing and, and, and heavyweight division. You know, and It's never been the same since you know, his, his downfall.
2: I know – I'm pretty close to the – I know his, like, story because it's kind of – I probably shouldn't have been reading it, but I was in, like, sixth grade reading, (laughs) like, the Mike Tyson Undisputed Truth, like, tell-all book. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of raunchy stuff went down in his life, for oh. sure. He, he he was wild. He has, like, an obsession with, like, pigeons that he, like, oh, keeps yeah. in cages and stuff like that. He got in a car crash one time, and I think he was, like, on drugs or something, and so he just flat out gave the guy he got in the car crash with, like, his car. Right. And then sued him later and, like, got it back. Yeah, um, and, he,
1: <laughs> and he grew up in, like, the absolute worst ghetto part of Brooklyn yeah. that you could grow up in, you know. And his he, his mom was a uh, – there's no other way to put it but a whore, you know. I mean, here's this little kid watching <laughs> oh. his mom getting banged, you know. I mean, it's just crazy.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those where you almost feel bad because it's almost like the guy had no shot
1: to right
3: quote unquote normal. So I mean the only the only shot he had was he he could knock people out, and then once he got that money and fame, you know, just couldn't keep it under control. I didn't watch that though; I saw the promos for that that two part series. It was really Definitely good. Want to? Yeah, his his story is super super interesting to me.
1: Yeah, well, part I haven't seen part two yet, but part one was. Uh, it was a gripping 2 hours for sure before we move on to uh the final segment with pop Potpourri and maybe a little entertainment tonight uh you know we're in the nba playoffs deep right now second round and you know got some pretty good matchups here some th- initial thoughts guys you know we don't want to date ourselves on these games but uh, boy the nets look pretty good there in the east like we talked about last week don't they
3: the the last time we saw them you know the other night they're beating the Bucks by 40, and the Nets are without James Harden. Yeah. It's just one of those things, I, I think we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, or I, I think I, I threw it out. You know, Giannis is incredible. The dude is a freak athlete, all of that kind of stuff. I just don't, like, really trust him to, like, carry a team like a LeBron James Wood, or like Steph Curry, or like Durant. Kevin Durant does. And in the Bucks, you know, maybe they're getting exposed a little bit for a couple of their, their weak spots, but if the Nets keep playing like this, especially if James Harden comes back, you know he's got a hamstring issue. But if he can come back, it, it doesn't look like there anyone's going to beat them in the East. And then you know once they get to the finals, you know you never know.
2: It's like it's kind of it's sad to say this. Like whenever there is a team that sort of runs away with it like this, like the Warriors, the one year, I don't know how how do you even like get back into the playoffs? I mean they just beat the Milwaukee Bucks, who swept the Miami who swept Miami Heat, who were in the NBA Finals last year. They swept them. And now they just beat the they beat that team by forty, like Matt said, without James Harden, who has won two MVPs. It's it's just it's crazy how good they are. The my favorite part about that team is. I'll get to my least favorite part in a second, but my favorite part (laughs) is Kevin Durant. If you ever just, like, watch him when he's scoring, it's like he's getting guarded perfectly. He'll, like, the defender will make him turn a few times, then he'll just, like, launch a 30-foot, like, three-pointer right over the guy's head and just, like, bury it. It's like, I don't
1: know how you guard that. And he's seven foot tall. Yeah,
2: it's it's just crazy how talented he is. Um, And what's funny is probably if he would have played back in the day, some, you know, plummer would have probably took out his legs or something and ended his career a couple years in. Uh, but that's nowhere here no we're there. But Blake Griffin, I mean we got to talk about Blake Griffin. Oh. This is he's dominating the Detroit storylines yes. uh, even though he's not even on the Pistons anymore. 18 and 14 in game 1 after he didn't have a dunk for 35 straight games for the Pistons. I what how is that even possible? Like I get it that you were basically just trying to force your way out like James Harden style but it's just you're a 100% different player. Yeah. It's just it's irritating.
3: I mean, you wonder, obviously he was dealing with health stuff. So, you know, you try and give him the benefit of the doubt that like, maybe he just wasn't hundred percent in Detroit, but it was kind of strange that it was like magically immediately when he got to Brooklyn, <laughs> he was almost back to his like all-star level play. So, you know, that's kind of frustrating, but at the same time though, like, and I've definitely wanted to be like, man, it's, you know, it kind of sucks. He was basically stealing money from Detroit. But at the same time, it's like, what was he supposed to do? The Pistons stink. I mean, is he's supposed to go out there and, like, yeah. risk getting hurt even more, and then he gets traded to a team with Harden, Durant, Kyrie, Joe Harris, and all these other dudes, of course that's going to revitalize his career. I mean, it's not, I don't blame him at all.
1: Do you guys look also at, uh, you know, when you look at the Pistons, and apparently right now they're they're an up-and-coming young team with some potential. Would you yeah. say that's fair, Jared? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you look at some of these guys still in the playoffs, you know, and and they're playing really good basketball. If they would have if they would have had a different answer to Andre Drummond, you know, somebody like Jokic or somebody like that around that young talent they had, it could have been a whole different deal in Detroit. It just makes me wonder sometimes when I when I see these former Pistons doing well yeah, on it's, championship caliber teams.
2: It. It's funny you think because it's like guys like Chris Middleton, I don't even know if he played when right. he was on the Pistons. Like I think he's just a bench warmer. And he goes to the Bucks and he's like he's all, like all star level talent. Oh um, I
1: mean even Kennard.
2: Yeah, know. Luke Kennard goes off. Like it,
1: it,
2: it's funny. I Pistons are really are, I think, kinda doing things the right way right now with the tank and the rebuild and I kinda trust everything they're doing. Uh, it's all gonna come down to the lottery, you know, coming up here right. pretty quick. Uh but one thing I will throw out there, so now that the Lakers are gone, Matt, that was kinda you and me, that was our horse in the race. Of all these teams remaining, is there a certain one that you guys are kind of rooting for?
1: That's a great question because last year it was Miami, right? Yeah, that was a great story. I'll just start. I've watched them play quite a bit, and the Suns. I like the way the Suns play. Chris Paul, just he's impressed the heck out of me. I didn't realize that's probably stupid by me, but I didn't realize he's good as he is. And how about Booker? I mean, it's unreal. You know, everybody talks about how he could have been a Piston. Yeah, he could have been on a lot of other teams, too, mm-hmm. before the Suns got him. But that he's he's legit, man.
3: Yeah, Booker's the real deal, and he looks like – I mean, there's a few guys playing that, that were in the playoffs this year that are looking like they're for sure going to be like that next wave of superstars in the NBA, and Booker's definitely right there. I mean, he's, he's yeah. incredible. They're fun to watch, so that that would be a team I'd like to see. I'm not a, C, I'm not a CP3 fan. I know that's your guy, Jared. I just, I've never really liked him, so I, I don't necessarily want to see him win a title. But the Suns are fun to watch, so I do like that. Otherwise, you know, I don't really have a, like a rooting team. I just want to sit back and enjoy the game. I, the one, I don't want to see the Clippers win the title <laughs> because of the whole Lakers versus Clippers thing.
2: So now we know why don't like Chris Paul.
3: Yeah, so that, that was definitely why? part of the whole Lob City thing. Couldn't stand it. And that, the fact that if Chris Paul would have came to the Lakers like he was supposed to before that trade got vetoed, yeah. that would have been different. But so that would be, I guess to kind of answer your question, just anyone but the Clippers, anyone but the
2: Clippers. I don't really like the Clippers either. I will say you took the word dry mouth. I love the Suns. I Chris Paul. I I remember he is my favorite player. Uh, but I remember LeBron. behind LeBron. Yes, okay. but I remember reading uh, this story and um, I actually pulled it up by Michael Shapiro in uh, Sports Illustrated. He said uh, this is in like January 26th. He said Chris Paul's latest chapter may be the most fulfilling of his career. And I remember reading that and thinking like hell no, like this guy is so over the hill. Like, yeah, he's gonna have some fun, you know, maybe they'll be like the eight seed, like they'll finally get to the playoffs. But they have just like doorned the bowl, blown the doors off the competition. They they are such a well balanced team, six players and ten plus points like, per game. Chris Paul is like looking like his like self from like three or four years ago with the Houston Rockets. I'm just so behind this story and Chris Paul is the last of dying breed, Matt. I know you don't like him. Uh but the past first point guard, the guy that's you know, cares about getting everybody involved, feeding Booker, feeding Ayton. Uh, all these other guys they have on their team bridges. It's is that there's no one else. There, he's the last of that breed that was from your generation, Ted. So I feel yeah. like you should appreciate him while he's still here because they're, they're he, now it's everything score first. Now
1: he's the Bob Cousy of this era. Is that what you're yeah. saying? <laughs> I just, he, he's
2: a
3: he's a dirty player. He's a sneaky dirty player. you watch him play. Always hitting dudes. In, he's always hitting dudes in the nuts. He's always tripping. He's always tripping guys. He's always throwing elbows. He's just got that little man syndrome. The you know yeah. what's it called the Napoleon complex. Like yeah. he grew up being whatever six five foot eight, so he had to stand up for himself. So he's out there on the court with six foot eight, seven footers, and he's always doing dirty stuff and like talking trash. I just I'm not a big fan. Well, so, Devin Booker though, love to watch him.
2: Play. One one guy I think we got throw out before we move on. Maybe move on from the NBA playoffs. Trey Young. I mean you're just talking oh. about villains and dirty players. I don't know. He's not necessarily dirty, but. He's, just, he's like this generation's Reggie Miller. I mean, he's kind of already started the whole Knicks rivalry already in playoff yeah. series number one. It's crazy to me how well he can just shoot the ball. He can shoot it just from all over the court. He's smart. I never thought he was going to be this type of player in the NBA. I'm not going to lie. When they made the Luka Doncic trade, I was like, that's the dumbest trade in the world. But somehow this guy, even though he was traded basically 1v1 for Luka Doncic, it doesn't really seem like that much of like a bad trade for either team. Both guys are just like kind of balling out.
1: Yeah, I'm impressed with him. I mean, it's, uh, the guy he he plays a little chip on his shoulder, and yep. he can drill it. I mean, he's an assassin, man. He's he's gonna be good for a long time.
3: He's got to you got to figure something out with the hair, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know.
1: That's a problem. I don't understand.
3: See, it here's the thing. It looks got... like a it looks like a dirty like a dirty Q-tip or something <laughs> like that, but. <laughs> I mean, whatever. That maybe that's his signature thing now. So just roll with it.
2: Yeah, that's like kind of the thing. Is when you think about it, like James Harden, people were like, "Why the heck does he have the beard?" Anthony Davis, why don't you shave your unibrow? Uh, Trey Young, the hair—it's his look. It's kind of—it's kind of weird to say, but when you have those sort of things, it kind of makes you more popular. It just becomes your thing, kind of stand out, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it, I, don't, I
3: mean that was that was part of the thing. Like at Madison Square Garden, the fans were like chanting stuff at him about like, you know, go bald or you know whatever they were chanting <laughs> at him. So right. It kind of feeds into the whole, like, Dylan thing, and then he cooks them. So, yeah, it's kind of cool.
1: All right, fellas, uh, enough on this segment. We're going to get a little entertainment. maybe throw a few other things out here to wrap up the program. But first, listen closely to the following. The Owasso Speedway has been building families and communities through the promotion of short track racing since 1939. Saturdays are race days at the Big O with gates opening at 4, qualifying beginning at 5, and the waving of the green flag and racing at 7. The Owasso Speedway and its super fast, high bank, 3 8 of a mile oval layout has thrills and action galore easy to get to on M21 between Owasso and Ovid. Stay up to date on upcoming features by following Owasso Speedway on Facebook at Owasso Speedway MI. It's family fun and you'll always be welcomed by the smiling faces at Owasso Speedway. Nelson House Funeral Homes' top goal is to serve the families in our community. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesney, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. The com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at com. All Corona, all the time. All right, guys, I got a feeling this will fall into maybe a sweet spot for Matt. I'm not sure about Jared, but the big entertainment story uh, just recently was the reunion of friends. Were you guys uh, fr- uh, no. friends, fans of the original show, first of all?
2: Go ahead, Jared, because it mm. might take me a minute. Yeah, uh, not at all, <laughs> not at all.
1: Not even in reruns or anything. I huh? never
2: have watched that. Sh- I've never watched a single episode of that show.
1: All right, so it'll be Matt and I then in this segment, mostly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean,
3: I
2: was—I I haven't watched the
3: reunion yet, um, so I, at some point I'm going to. And I've, I've, you know, I've heard people talk about it, so I—I kind of know a lot that went on, but I still want to watch it for sure. Kind of like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion that we talked about a while ago. Mm-hmm. You know, Friends is just one of those shows that like. I was a little younger. I mean, I was, like, middle school, going into high school when it was, like, airing new, when it was you know, on ABC. So yep. I do remember that. Like, my older siblings watched it. But, like, since, you know, the, the reruns on Fox or TBS or whatever, the show is just, like, always on. I've probably seen the series, I don't even know how many times through. It's just one of those, like, if I've got nothing else to watch or if I've got, you know, to clean up the kitchen or, you know, do whatever other stuff, I'll just, like, throw friends on. And I, I know basically every episode. I'm not going to say it's like my favorite show ever, but uh, it's definitely it's definitely one
1: of them. Oh, it, it was definitely one of the all-time solid sitcoms. I mean, the, the six in the cast, you know, all pretty much equal. They didn't have like a star standout, you know what I mean? But I did get a chance to watch the reunion. I would say, just out of the gate, I would say it, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I mean, it's 17 years after the final show. One critique I would have that I would have liked to have seen that they didn't do, I thought that they would do an episode of some sort, and they didn't. Uh, You know, I thought they'd have them. Like, here's a premise just came off the top of my head. You know, when you remember the finale, remember Chandler and Monica, they had twins. You remember that, Matt, right? Yep. Okay. So my premise, if you have a good writer... Okay, 17 years later, right? So the kids will be graduating from high school. So the twins graduate from high school. The gang gets all together. They have all kinds of mayhem. You never know what's going on. I'm not sure why they didn't write something like that. But instead, they just had a reunion. You know, they all showed up. James Corden interviewed them. They had, a, they had the mandatory uh, clips of the show.
2: Well, yeah. well, I'm sorry to cut you off, but what cracks me up is that this is what I call a money grab.
1: Oh, for sure. This is
2: it's it, you were making fun of, you know, the Jake the or the Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather. This is almost this is like times 10 because it's just them talking. Yeah. Probably sa- saying the same, you know, canned interview answers they've been saying their whole lives about the show.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It was probably a little bit more than that, but it was it, it like I said, it was okay. It it was kind of cool seeing them uh react to some of the bloopers and some of the famous scenes from the show i thought it was okay but i think it would have been better if they would have had the reunion and then maybe had like a like a 90 minute you know mini movie or something that netflix or even obviously hbo max would have carried uh i won't give away any spoilers i know you're gonna watch it matt and you've probably read some stuff but they had some good guest stars lady gaga showed up uh cindy crawford i mean if you're a justin bieber fan you're not gonna believe his appearance it was it was it was very bizarre but uh all in all, it was it was pretty good, and I will say, you know, Seinfeld gets a lot of credit for being, you know, maybe one of the top, very top sitcoms, but Friends not too far behind, I think.
3: No, and they were they were one of the first ones, maybe the first one where at, at one point each one of them was getting a million dollars per episode. Yeah. So That's... I mean, I, I can't even imagine. Like I know some of them have done some movies and some other sitcoms since Friends, You're right? But. Just watching that, like I said, Fox, TBS, constantly re-airing and syndication that show, that's just like constant checks rolling in. That's just, it's insane to think about.
2: Oh, yeah. What made that show so good, just in general? Why
1: did you like it so much? I thought, well, I, go ahead, Matt.
3: Well, I was just, like, my perspective is probably a little different than yours because you were, you know, not, not saying anything, but you were a little older
1: you when it was it. first
3: coming out. I was watching it as, like, you know, high school, college. But then, so, like, younger, so I was watching it thinking, like, ooh, this could be my life if I moved to New York City, yeah. you know, young, with five of my friends, getting an apartment, getting jobs in New York City, you know, like, you know, the guys, like, dating girls and doing all this stuff. So, for me, that's what I saw. Like, and it was funny, you know, and Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox, they're nice to look at, too, so you got that. But, like, you know, it that was, for me, like, watching it and thinking, like, this could be me if a group of my friends moved to New York City to, like,
1: start our careers. Yeah, when you're young and you're thinking that. But can you can you imagine, Matt, the type of apartments they had? Uh, oh. Who knows what kind of money they were working for jobs. I mean, what, Jennifer Aniston was working in a coffee shop. Can you imagine living in Manhattan in that kind of apartment yeah, on that kind of pay? Well, a little they, bit stretched.
3: Well, what was it? On, on the last episode, they had to throw out that their apartment was rent-controlled. That their grandparents lived in it like 40 years or whatever ago, and the apartment was rent-controlled. So, so yeah, I'm surprised you don't remember that, Ted. Oh, no, I, I, think we, almost, I, I think we
1: I think we change this segment now to Mattertainment tonight because I <laughs> I completely lost track of that. I didn't even I don't even remember that at all. That good call, man.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, that that would have been like a $5,000 a month
1: apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, it, to answer your question from my perspective, Jared, I think uh, it was perfect casting. The six of them, were, they blended well together. And what's always really key on sitcoms, especially on network sitcoms, you've got to have good writing. And I thought the writing was very, very clever all the way through the run. So it was, it was well done. Worth seeing it for sure. Um, moving on, we're getting close to the end here. It was kind of a weekend thing, too. Saw Shy Town again. Have I become like the world's biggest groupie for Shy Town, <laughs> the local band here? I think you have. I, I just think you're
2: somebody. Maybe you're chasing a little bit of your old <laughs> concert experiences from back in the day. Uh, so you're kind of rallying behind this group.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. They played at the Shiyawasi Fairgrounds. They were an opening act out of three on Saturday. Played in a played in the horse barn, the horse and auction barn, which was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> I think the promoter probably took a beating on it though, because it was twenty bucks a ticket. Uh, fortunately, I had connections here at the radio yeah. station, but uh, turnout wasn't that great from what we saw. We only stayed around for Shy uh, Town, the first act, and listened to a little bit of the second act. Uh, but uh, they're 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 good, man. It's, yeah. it's nice to go see them play, you know. And I think they're going to be up yeah. playing at Byron coming up. Yep.
3: I, I feel like maybe kind of what you're trying to say. Not that like twenty dollars is is a lot, but like it, it is kind of like a line. I don't know. Like maybe is that kind of what you're saying? Like maybe don't charge twenty bucks to to see that show, and you would have get a got a bigger crowd.
1: Well, I think the big the twenty bucks doesn't doesn't scare me away much because you know if you're going to see some good music and see three bands and the headliner guy supposedly was really good, we didn't stick around for that. But uh, first of all, they picked an absolute terrible day to have it. I mean, it's you're here in Shiwassee County, right, Matt? Kerwood's going on, yeah. Just down the road, they played the Shy Town played the night before at Swartz Creek's Festival Days or whatever it's called over there. So you got two big city festivals in Swartz Creek and Owasso, and then you're trying to draw a crowd for an afternoon, early evening, uh, you know, music concert and, and charging twenty bucks. And the killer was, there was no beer. <laughs> the hell? So I think they had a lot of things going against them, the the, the promoter anyway. But still, I enjoyed it. chi Town. Excellent local band. Enjoyed the heck out of that. Speaking of local fellas, just throwing out a few other things here. Uh, the spring sports in the MHSA winding down. Corona baseball team won a district. They'll be playing, I think, either tonight or tomorrow yeah. in the regional opener. Owasso softball, wow. 31-3 and three for Joellen Smith. <laughs> Thirty-one and three on the season. She won her eight hundredth game as a coach. She's coached the team for thirty-seven years. I mean, she's a local legend. Yeah, doesn't get talked about enough. I think. No,
2: she doesn't. I mean, how the eight hundred wins in softball. I mean, like you said, probably on. If she keeps coaching, probably get to a thousand. Hopefully, uh, one day, if she wants. Yeah. Uh, and the, it, it is kind of like a hidden like coach like good coach like yeah it's just you don't even really hear about it you don't know about it but they're having like one heck of a season like you said 31 and 3
1: yeah i I tried to pitch it to the radio station you know i volunteered to broadcast the games but i don't don't know if they're going to come through for the the regionals coming up this saturday or not one other thing this one you guys can tie into this grand valley state made it to what the division two world softball world series and corona's hannah house one of the better players on that team as a freshman
2: it's like I said. It's awesome. I, GVSU saw, like it's kind of crazy because GVSU is basically the top at everything in every sport except football. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ferris is their Achilles heel in football, but all, every other sport. I mean, just look at the facilities and the complex. It's like they basically dominate. They've won like some like twenty straight track uh, and like, cross cross country like titles. Um, but that kind of just brings up this. And, Matt, I know you've probably been uh, not balls deep, for lack of a better word, in uh, the SEC, like baseball and just baseball, college baseball in general. I'm going to give like maybe a hot take that I don't think a lot of people agree with. Probably surprising that you're hearing me say this. The bat flips are actually like a little overboard in college baseball. I don't know. The one that comes to my head is this Tennessee guy who hit a, a grand slam, and he literally whipped the, ball, the bat 400
1: feet in the air. And it's like that was kind of scary. Yeah,
2: and then he he took a solid three minutes to get around the bases, He's doing like ten different celebrations. It's
1: <laughs> I'm all for like
2: excitement, like the perfect level of bat flip was uh, Jose Batista uh, when he just bombed it, stared at it for a few seconds, and just whipped the bat to the side like that. That's cool. There's a point where you're overdoing it. I'm now I'm seeing videos of guys like catching a beer can while they're rounding third base and you know shotgunning, shotgunning it, it off their cle- like it's just it's getting overboard in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. You know, the, the Bautista or Tatis Jr. for uh, the Padres, yeah. the bat flips he does, perfect level of bat flip. I'm all for the, the college. You know, college baseball, that's always been kind of been part of it, like a little more antics. It is getting a little extreme, the shotgunning the beers, and like Central Michigan's got like a
1: okay, home run sorry.
3: cape and helmet that yeah, they throw on their guys. All this stuff, it's like fun. I, you know, it makes the game fun and everything. But, right, it does get to a point where when you're chucking a bat 500 feet in the air, I mean, you, you don't have to be, like, get off my lawn to see, like, yeah, that's probably over the line because –
1: That's a recipe for disaster.
3: Chuck that thing into the – if you chuck that into the crowd, I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of, like, dangerous too. So, I, I'm kind of with you, Jared, but so- college softball, I mean, I, I don't think it gets enough credit. I think, you know, if you like the sport, you watch it. But college softball actually is, like, pretty exciting, especially when you get to tournament time. It's, it's actually like if you appreciate the game of baseball or softball it, it's really high level so I did see Grand Valley made it it's pretty cool to see
1: you know I would I would definitely down the road make a trip to kind of be a bucket bucket list thing I would definitely go to the, the to the uh, Division one college. Softball World Series. I think that See, would be a
2: blast. You know what's funny is you went to the Little League World Series first, I did. right? Yeah. The Little League is the best tournament in baseball. It's the best baseball that there is it, every it's, year. It's and it's I pretty awesome. I haven't heard anything whether it's coming around this year or not, Hopefully. but that's the one I have circled on my calendar every year. It's usually like at the end of July, start of August. August. It's a great tournament every yeah. year.
1: <laughs> and you've never been there, right? No. Oh, I've highly, always wanted to. Highly recommended. It's nothing but a blast for sure. All right. right, let's. It's
3: supposed, uh, it's, it's supposed to be coming back because we've already been getting the tv schedules and stuff so it's supposed to be coming back unless something ridiculous happens between now and july or whatever but but yeah little league world series is that williamsport has to be a bucket list for almost every sports fan
1: and especially any baseball fan man that's for sure uh well let's let's bring this thing full circle fellas last thing to comment upon uh it's a little bit older news at the moment but uh we talked about golf at the beginning of the podcast What about the the John Rom thing and the COVID situation? Talk about just the ultimate, like,
2: worst, like, absolute nightmare for the PGA is what just happened. Six strokes up, heading into the last uh, day. Um, You know, $2 million purse on the line. They have to do it, like, kind of live on TV just so, like, he kind of stays away from as many people as he can. Right. Um,. Just a terrible moment. His kids. It's hard to watch because you know you see him crying. It's like you know people will like oh he's already got millions of dollars, two million dollars. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Especially like, I mean that would say that that's like a significant portion of probably the amount of he's won up to this point.
1: Well, no, I, not only that, just a, he's a competitor. Yeah, he wants to
2: you win. want win. And, and it's 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 not like he was up by one stroke where you know you never know what could happen the next. Day. He's running away with it. Right. Six strokes up, just shot a sixty four. Just like terrible bad luck, really.
3: Yeah, I, I saw some people saying that, too. Like, ha, hey, he's already a millionaire. Who cares about that? $2 million is $2 million. I don't care who it is. I mean, that, that, that's a lot of money, so that's got to be part of it. But yeah, I think it's part, you know, even though these these dudes are pros and the best in the world, you don't have those weekends very often where you're clicking like that. So there probably was that side of it, too, where he's like, I was playing some of the best golf I've played in a long time, and I couldn't finish off the tournament. So you got to think there's that side of it, too, but – yeah, I guess the optics of it for the PGA not very good. It, it didn't look good, but ultimately, I mean, people will move on as long as next weekend or the, you know the next couple weekends go smoothly. Yeah, people move on. Permanently. It makes
1: what? makes you wonder though why they why not vaccinated or was he vaccinated? I mean, well, I he just had, he, he, had, had he
2: just had a kid, so a lot of people think like maybe that's why or oh. this or that. You know, you never know. One thing I will say is what would
1: why couldn't he have just played by himself? I thought the same thing, Jared. Like, yeah.
2: is that really that big of a deal? I mean, it. Maybe you don't do that exception if the guy's in third place or, you know, like I said, he's in like a three-way tie adverse, But the guy was ahead by six strokes. Just let him finish. Like, whether he goes off at like, you know, 7 a.m. or at the very last tee time. Like, just let him play by himself. Keep him separate from everyone. Or even if he plays, I don't know, Monday or something. Like, just give him his chance. Well, it's kind yeah, of BS.
1: The only reason is, I'm sure, because they were dealing with covid and coming back anyway they they must have that rule right in place you can't change it just because yeah. six strokes ahead right
3: yeah yeah i would i would assume they it was they had to follow the rules rules are' meant to be broken though i would have said <laughs> all right all right john you're you're keying off at 6 am and you've got to deal with it on your own but go play your round you know get your scorecard in and we'll let you play but yeah, it was kind of crazy though.
1: that would've would been the We best are thing lucky to do. that
2: that was the only that was like you know when like those sports were first coming back with COVID. We thought that this was going to happen like every time like a big sporting event was happening. It really this is the only time it really kind of fell perfectly. Yep. The one other t- VCU got you know left out of the uh, March Madness All tournament, right. but, but at the end of the day, it wasn't like that was the, like they, we lost a one seed or yeah, something. They weren't like going to win it, so it,
1: we got lucky really yeah. to this point. It's kind of weird that it happened now where yeah. everything's <laughs> it's opening exactly. up. You yeah. Know? It's crazy. All right, guys, anything else you need to get off the table before we uh, sign off?
3: I'm curious how many more times uh, Jared's going to walk off the course.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how a good question. How many
3: times is it going to take you until you, you put the clubs up?
1: Are you changing your strategy at all? I either? don't know.
2: Here's the thing with the I'm, – I'm not even worried about the weight right now because I just had a video of my swing taken today, and I was like playing just – I've been playing actually like kind of pretty bad the last like week or two weeks. And I just noticed that there's like I, I my swing has felt really weird, like I just feel uncomfortable like standing over the ball. And then I see a video of my swing. And it's like I have like a weird hitch like developing at the top of my swing that I think is 100% due to like a mental block in my head, uh, whether Bartley. to you know I'm chasing Bryson trying to add more distance or this or that or control. I don't know, but it's not good. And that's something I got to work out before I start worrying about you know waiting on the course
1: anymore. Well, good luck to you on that. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully you (laughs) You sound like I'm like, I like my like dog died or something. Well, no, I was, I was going to make a comment like, geez, do I really want to hear any more about your golf game? It's about (laughs) like listening to somebody tell me about their fantasy football squad, you know, bores me to death. All right, good enough, fellas. Let's uh, let's get out of here. That's a wrap. Follow us at Three Point Pod. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Krona Connection, JJ's Excavating and Tree Service, hankered Sportswear, Owasso Speedway, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Also, remember, please consider a donation to the ALS Association of Michigan. Still no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease. Every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed. So next week, we'll be back for another fun podcast. As you can tell, we have a lot of great sponsors. Remember, anytime you run into any of the people that sponsor us, tell them you listen in and appreciate our podcast because we certainly appreciate them. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody.
0: Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a SportsNet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts soundcloud or any of the other big podcast hosting sites comments and questions can be sent via social media at three point pod or by email to three point pod at gmail.com thanks for listening and until next time bye for now